number six tonight, and uh, just could not shake this off my heart uh, this this evening, this afternoon, I guess I should say. And uh, I, I went down and sat down in my office after church this morning, and uh, just was, I guess, in my mind rolling over the message this morning. And uh, just seemed like the Lord would not let me get this thought off of my mind. And uh, it's not something that I'll be honest, I really enjoy to do. Uh, not that it's not the topic necessarily, but it's such a, uh, let me think how to word it. It's such a broad topic that it's hard to cover. It's hard to, uh, I don't know if we'll do it one night or if it'll turn into a series. Uh, but it, it's a difficult thing to cover such a broad topic in some ways. Uh, but I've just had all day, I've just had this thought on my mind, just want to share it with you. But when you find your places there in Matthew chapter 6, stand with me if you can enable and honor and reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter 6, very familiar text, you've all heard it, uh, but I just want to try to help us just a little bit tonight. Look with me if you would in verse number 5. The Bible said, and when thou prayest... Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. Boy, I love this latter part of verse 6. And thy Father, which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Thank God for that. Verse 7, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before ye ask him. Notice verse 9, After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Verse 14, the Bible says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let's go, Lord, and word for our heavenly Father. Lord, I sure do love you. Help us tonight as we study your word together. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for what you've done this morning. Lord, I thank you for, Lord, meeting with us just for a little while. But, Lord, this is another time. Lord, this is another service. Lord, I pray tonight that you'd have your will and wait here in this place. Lord, I pray for every request, Lord, every broken heart, Lord, every burden. Lord, I pray you'd have your will and way in each and every heart and life tonight. Help us now as we look into your word. Lord, I pray you'd help us take these truths, apply them to our hearts and lives. We'll be careful tonight to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. You'll be seated. Thank you for standing. Now, I've said this before uh, here out of this text, and I, some of you may remember, some of you may not, uh, but we read in verse 9 down through about verse uh, 13 what we refer to oftentimes as the Lord's Prayer. That's what we'd refer to that as, but uh, I'd submit to you that it's really not the Lord's Prayer. It's not what and what he prayed necessarily, uh, uh, but rather it was the, 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 the it was the disciples' prayer. It was his prayer that he gave them as a pattern or as a model to teach them how to pray. Uh, one of the greatest messages I've ever heard on prayer 
with my brother Milton Taylor. If you've never heard him, he'll be a blessing to you. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I pulled a few things tonight from Brother Milton and a few things I didn't, but he's a great, great man of God and uh, one of the most wisest men when it comes to prayer and uh, word of the word of God that I know personally. And uh, But he's always said it like this. Uh, uh, he would say that, uh, that he, he always said uh, that, that he was teaching the disciples how to pray. And he always stops right there and he makes this statement. He says that if there's any school he'd like to enroll in, uh, it'd be the one that Jesus teaches on prayer. He'd like to enroll and let the Lord teach him to pray. And that's what he's doing with his disciples here in our text. Old Brother Milton preaches it like this. He'll title it, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. And uh, that's what the Lord's doing with the disciples. He's teaching them how to pray. In fact, everything that we've read this evening, uh, he's telling his disciples uh, about how they pray. Now, we talked this morning a little bit about how if we're not careful we'll put the Lord in a box and we'll, we'll put restrictions and uh, how that there are ways that we can hinder our prayers. Now there's a lot of preaching or teaching to do out of this and I really, I, there's no way I could cover it tonight. We could spend months looking at prayer but I do just want to give you a little simple thought and it may not be an entirety but uh, I'm just going to try to give you what the Lord laid on my heart strongly tonight. Uh, but I want to preach on this thought just for a little while how to pray. Now there is uh, whether you realize it or not there is a structure, there is a uh, guideline there are some guidelines to follow uh, when it comes to pray and now I want to look at a few things tonight uh, just quickly and then I really won't spend most of my time uh, down about verse 9 through verse 13 but let's look at the uh, the text in entirety verse 5 the Bible said and when thou prayest now that's interesting to me how the Lord started it out in verse number 5 and when thou prayest look in verse 6 but thou when thou prayest Verse 7, but when ye pray. That's interesting to me. Can I show you something just real quick that uh, is a blessing to me? I want you to notice, if you would, the presumption of prayer. You say, preacher, what do you mean? It's interesting to me, Leona, that the Lord didn't say, if you pray, or uh, if you decide to pray, but he said, when thou prayest. When you pray, when thou prayest, he assumed that, that we would pray. Isn't that right? Uh, he didn't say if you pray. He said when you pray. You know why? Uh, because one writer said it like this, and uh, I don't give a whole lot of quotes, but there's a few that I like about prayer. One writer said it like this, that prayer moves the hand that moves the whole world. Do you realize that prayer moves the hand that moves the whole world? One writer, probably my favorite, Brother Corey, that's ever been, I've ever read about prayer. One writer said prayer can do anything God can do. What about that? that that's true. A prayer uh, uh, can do anything that God can do. That's what we have at our disposal tonight when it comes to prayer. Uh, I know we've all said it. I've been guilty of saying it, I'm sure, but uh, it bothers me when... Uh, uh, sometimes when people will call and they'll t begin explaining this situation and, uh, be, and I've said it I know I have I'm not being critical but uh, we ought to stop 
stop and take notice just for a minute what it is we have at our disposal. You've all heard somebody do this. They'll call, and I'll use myself. Uh, there's been people call, John, tell me what the doctor said, or tell me what's going on in their marriage, or tell me what's going on in their family, and I'll make this statement. Well, all we can do is just pray. But that's not, that's, that's stupid, just to be honest with you, to make that kind of statement. It's not just some small thing. It's not just the uh, last resort. But prayer can do anything that God can do. It ought to be our first resort. It ought to not just say, well, now all we can do is pray. We ought to just done that to start with. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, prayer moves the hand that moves the whole world. Uh, do you realize that? those little kid song, but we, uh, we, we've all heard it. Uh, uh, that song they taught us in Sunday school says he holds the whole world in his hand. You realize that's really true by the way. Uh, uh, he does hold everything into existence. Uh, and the God that does that hears my prayer. That does something to me. No wonder the Lord said when thou prayest uh, or when ye pray. Uh, uh, we ought to be praying. It ought not be if we pray. Uh, uh, but it ought to be when we pray. Uh, he just assumed Wayne we would be praying. Uh, that's interesting to me. Do you realize that every single one of us, uh, you may not can preach, you may not can be a deacon, uh, uh, you may not be able to do things, there may be things in your life that uh, you've been disqualified from, but there's not a one of us uh, uh, that cannot pray. Did you know that? Uh, and we make that seem so small sometimes, uh, uh, but can I tell you something? Uh, uh, you know what? That nobody ever sees, but you know what affects uh, of the pulpit more than anything else prayer. Did you know that? Uh, that's exactly right. And I'll tell you this. Uh, I, you can tell. You can tell when you go into a meeting or you go into a church or whatever the case may be. You can tell if somebody's been praying uh, because the whole thing changes. Did you know that? Uh, so it's not just all you can do is pray. Uh, you get to pray this evening. Uh, God has given you the privilege of prayer. And that's what it is. It's a privilege uh, to be able to call on the Lord in prayer. What a privilege. What an honor. Uh, no wonder that he said, when thou prayest. Uh, uh, no wonder that he said, but thou, when thou prayest. Uh, and in verse 7, but when ye pray. No wonder he assumed that we uh, would be praying. It's the greatest weapon we have in our arsenal. Uh, it's the greatest tool that we have. It's how we talk to God. Uh, these two things that we have. Did you know that uh, we have prayer where we talk to him uh, and we have the word of God where he talks to us. Uh, uh, boy, isn't that a blessing? Uh, uh, I'm not just sitting around waiting on him to talk to me, uh, uh, but John, I can talk to him. What a blessing that he is. Uh, uh, low down, dirty, rotten sinner ought to be in hell. Uh, uh, but I have the privilege to enter into the throne of grace boldly uh, and call on his name in prayer. Not only the presumption of prayer, but notice with me if you would, in verse number five, watch your Bible. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. <laughs> Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Now he starts out with a negative illustration. He tells us that when we pray, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. He starts out, John, by not telling us what to do, but what not to do. Uh, so there are, there is a right and wrong way to pray. 
uh, I saw some of you. I know you didn't mean nothing by it. I'm not being critical, but I saw some of you uh, uh, roll your eyes a little bit, and that's all right. Uh, uh, but there is a right way and a wrong way to pray. You can do it the wrong way. Uh, because the Lord said, don't pray like the hypocrites do. Uh, that's not what you ought to do. He said, when thou prayest, uh, uh, be not as the hypocrites are. They stand in the synagogue and in the streets. Uh, and he said, verily, to be seen of men, and verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. Uh, how do you realize what he's saying? Now listen to me. I'm going somewhere. Do you realize what he's saying? He says they stand where everybody can see them. Uh, they get in the synagogue and they want everybody to see what they're doing. They want everybody to see how spiritual and how holy and how righteous uh, that they are. And he said when they do that, they've already got their reward. Uh, they never get into verse number 6. Watch what your Bible said in verse 6. Uh, the Bible said, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. What about that? He said those hypocrites, they stand in the synagogues on the street corner and everybody sees them and everybody pats them on the back and everybody talks about how good they are and that's the only reward that they're going to get. They've got their reward already. But he said, but thou, when thou prayest, I enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut the door. You know what he said? Get somewhere all by yourself where nobody knows what you're doing. In fact, Jesus said it like this in one place. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Isn't that right? Uh, get somewhere all by yourself. Nobody around. Nobody to put on a show. Uh, and, when you get into your, and when you get into your own place and shut the door, uh, uh, he said it may be secret. Nobody else may see it. Uh, uh, Chris, uh, you may never know. I, I got a little place uh, uh, there at the house. I, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just trying to give you an illustration. Uh, I got a little place there at the house that uh, uh, way back down the woods. Nobody's ever been but me. I'm just being honest. Uh, I, I go down there every once in a while and uh, you don't know when I go down there. My wife doesn't know I go down there. Uh, uh, no, my boys don't even know where it's at. Nobody's ever been, John. Uh, and they don't nobody know where it's at. Nobody knows I'm there. Uh, but the Bible said when thou enterest in thy closet and shut thy door. When you get all by yourself and get everybody else away from you uh, and you're in a secret place that nobody else knows. Then the Lord said but God which seeth in secret. What about that? Nobody. Oh, I'm about to come slap on loose. There's nobody physically ever been there. Uh, but Brother Corey, there's been a few times I've got off alone by myself. Uh, and all of a sudden, somebody showed up. Uh, and I didn't bring them. I didn't draw them a map. Uh, I didn't tell them how to get there. Uh, Y'all went to helping me, but I'm about to come slap on glued. Uh, and all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost done showed up. Uh, and God's done dropped in. Uh, I'm telling you, there's a God in heaven uh, that seeth in secret. Uh, and the Bible said that he'd reward thee openly. Uh, and so pray, there's a privacy of prayer. Uh, now there's nothing wrong tonight with praying together. There's a, it's good to have a communal prayer. That's good. I preached just a few weeks ago. Uh, it seems like maybe longer than that I talk, I preached on uh, when two agree. And there's nothing wrong with two or three or four agreeing together. That's great. That's good. Uh, uh, but Jesus said when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. Uh, and when thou shut thy door. Uh, uh, and that right? When you get into a seat 
secret place. Everybody in this building, I, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, uh, if you don't, if you mark my words, you have no idea. Uh, everybody in this building ought to have a place that they can get along with God and begin to pray. Uh, and so, I don't care if it's a literal closet. I don't care if it's a pine thicket. I, I don't care if it's underneath your house. I don't care where it is. Uh, uh, but find you somewhere you can get along with God and get by yourself uh, and get away, done, done with all the distractions. Uh, uh, do away with all the limitations uh, and get by yourself with the Lord. And there is a God in heaven that seeth in secret uh, and he will reward you openly. What about that? Uh, but he said that hypocrite already has his reward. Uh, but, that, but when we pray, uh, uh, nobody's to see us. Uh, nobody's to know. Uh, uh, John, we're not to put on a show. Uh, uh, but there's a God in heaven that sees. Uh, and while we prayed in secret, nobody knows it. Uh, uh, but God will reward us openly. Uh, what about that? Uh, uh, so we see the presumption of prayer and the privacy of prayer. Now would you notice with me, I know this is simple, but would you notice with me the posture of prayer? Now, I, I hope you listen to me, and I, I know this is going to be simple, but I, I hope this will help somebody. I, I heard this preached when I, when I was probably about, probably about 20 years old, and Chris, I'll just be honest with you, it changed my life. This one thing, John, changed my entire prayer life, and I'm being honest. I, I want to talk to you just a minute about the posture of prayer. Now, watch what your Bible said in verse number 5. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, notice that next word, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets. Now, I want to show you something. He's not being critical of their posture. He's not being critical of the fact that they stand, John. He's being critical that they want to be seen of men. Them standing has nothing to do with it. Now, I'm going to show you something, and if you're anything like me, you'll agree with me. I can get down on my knees. Now, that's what we think about when we pray. We think about getting down on our knees. Brother Corey, I'm going to be honest. About 30, 40 minutes is all that I've got. I mean, I might as well throw in the towel and quit, Ronald, because my knees are burning, my legs are going to sleep, I don't have my mind on anything that I'm, I can't even get my mind on the Lord, I can't get my mind on my requests, I can't get my mind on spiritual things, because all I'm thinking about is how bad my knees hurt. Some of you nodding your head like you agree with me. You may, I know it's simple, but you know what changed my prayer life? It doesn't matter what posture you get. You can pray to the Lord standing, you can pray to the Lord walking, I bet, you know, you, let me be honest with you, uh, my wife picks on me, some of y'all call every once in a while, and you'll, te you'll tell me something, you'll tell me something that's going on, or a prayer request, or whatever, and my wife will pick on me, she'll say, are you really that nervous, do you really get that bit out of shape, because I just start going back and forth across the house, I mean, I, John, I'm just walking a straight line, back and forth, but what she doesn't know, Chris, is I'm a praying the whole time, I don't have, I can't always get down on my knees, I can't always just stand still, I can't always do that, but I can get to walking, and when I'm doing that, it helps me to get, I may sound crazy to you, but it helps me. It helps me to get focused on what I'm saying and be walking. And I just walk back and forth across that house. And it's nowhere near as hard on my legs. It's nowhere near as hard on my back. It, I, I, 
Don't act so spiritual. It's hard on you too. Hey, can I tell you something? There's not a thing in the world wrong with it. It's good to be able to you have multiple postures you can walk. I've done a whole lot of praying riding down the road in a truck somewhere. I've done a whole lot of praying. One of my favorites, to be honest with you, I know it's simple, but I hope I help you tonight. One of my favorites, let me tell you one of the most comfortable ways to pray. There's been times when we'd get together and pray that I'd start out on my knees. When I got tired of that, I'd switch to one knee. I'd switch to another knee. And then I had just laid out prostrate on the ground, just completely laid flat on my stomach. And there's not a thing wrong with that. Did you know that? It doesn't matter what posture you're in, but if we're not careful, I'll tell you what I'm convinced of. If we're not careful, it's not the fact that we're not serious with the Lord, uh, but a lot of us tonight hadn't prayed over 15 minutes at a time. And I'm not saying there's any great thing about praying for three hours. I'm not saying that. It's not just a brag and say how long you prayed. But I'm telling you, when you get burdened for your family, it's worth more than 15 minutes. We don't even have time to get right with God to pray. Uh, and we're so worried about our physical ailments uh, uh, that we've already give up and quit. Uh, it doesn't matter about the walk. Uh, go to the mall and walk around. I don't care where it Go walk down through the woods. Uh, uh, sit down. Sit in a chair. Uh, uh, now, I will say this tonight. I will say this. I do believe, and most of the time in your Bible, when you read of somebody praying, it says that they were on their knees. I think that might be the uh, 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 the most sacred, if you would, posture of prayer. I think that might be a good a good way to pray. I'm not saying it's not a good way to pray, but I would not let it keep me from getting a hold of God just because I couldn't stay on my knees. Are you with me? They, some of you tonight, I'm not being critical. I know uh, Ann and Shirley, if they, if they come, and some of these, uh, Joan, I think does too, some of these ladies, when they come, they'll always see it on this front row. That doesn't bother me not one bit. You know why? Because the Lord hears their prayer just like he did if he's on their knees or if he's on their stomach or if he's walking or if he's driving. Or, the posture does not matter. I'm telling you, you do whatever you have to do. Don't let your flesh rob you of getting a hold of glory because your flesh can't get comfortable. You walk, you stand, you sit, you lay, whatever you've got to do. Uh, there's people, now listen to me. There's people, and I, want, I want you to see this. Some of you didn't have like I lost my mind. I want you to think, these people tonight, you go down to the nurse home, the hospital, these people are laying flat on their back, and John, they couldn't move unless somebody come and move them. There's no way they could change position by themselves. Do you really think that God expects them to get up and get down on their knees in order for him to hear them? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, I'm not saying I've done a lot of praying laying in the bed. I'll be honest with you, I have. I'm not, it's not my favorite way to go. It may be yours. It's not mine. Uh, it, it, I'll be honest with you. If I'm ever laying there, Leon, I can't sleep. There's two things I do to go to sleep. I need to start praying or I start reading my Bible and I'll be out in five minutes. It's hard for me to do that. But I have done it. I wouldn't suggest doing that all the time. I believe if you're perfectly healthy and God give you the ability to get in another position, uh, you, ought to be, you ought to be dedicated and you ought to consider it a whole enough thing that you ought to get up and be able to dedicate yourself to prayer. But if you can pray laying down, you pray on your knees, you pray standing, the posture does not matter. And nobody says, this is the part that changed my life. I, maybe y'all a whole lot smarter than I was, but I just never heard nobody say this. There's no reason you can't change postures in the middle of your prayer. Right in the middle of your prayer. There's no reason you can't change posture. Never thought about that. 
Maybe y'all have, but I haven't. I'd never thought about that, John, until I heard that preach. And I thought, my soul, that's, there's a lot of truth in that. You've never believed. And it doesn't take much. I mean, you've done a prayer, and y'all, y'all look at me like, you, like I'm crazy if you want to. But I can get down like this, and it won't take me long. My knee will be hurting me so bad I can't stand it. I've got bad knees from baseball, and it doesn't take long, and it starts hurting. But you know what I do? Without missing one beat, I just keep right on praying, just, just like that right there. And guess what? All of a sudden, it's a brand new Are you with me? That there's no reason. Don't let the posture keep you from getting in touch with God. You can change tonight. Notice the posture of prayer. He was not being critical of his posture, uh, but rather he was being critical that he was being trying to be seen of men. So we see the privacy of prayer, the posture of prayer. Now notice with me the place of prayer. Look in verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. Thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Now I told you there's nothing wrong tonight with coming and praying together. There's nothing wrong with praying over your meal out in public. By no means am I telling you not to pray in public or not to pray where somebody can see you. He's not so much talking about where he was praying. He's talking about why he was praying is what the Lord had a problem with. It wasn't even so much he was in the synagogue or on the street corner because you can pray all those places. His problem was he did it to be seen of men. He did it to be bright, to make himself look good. Uh, but I will say this. I'm going to echo it one more time and I'm moving. Uh, I will say this. You are to everyone if you don't have somewhere, you are to find you a place to pray. You are to find you a place that you dedicate completely to prayer. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how small it is. If you want to go home and clean out a closet and make it your prayer closet, I'll say hallelujah and I'll egg you on and I'll do anything I can. to hit. That'd be great. But if you just want to get you go underneath your kitchen cabinet and dig you and clean it out and fix you a place you can stick your head in and that be your, whatever. I don't care what you do, but you ought to have a place that you can go to pray. Do you know that? You say, preacher, I just don't know about that. There's something special it's just something special about designating a place where you meet God. Did you know that? Now, I know, I know, I know. Don't get critical of me. I know you can pray going down the road. I know you can pray in your living room. You can pray in your bedroom. You can pray in your kitchen. You can pray in your dining room. You can pray in your car. You can pray in your truck. You can pray at work. You can pray at the hospital. You can pray, you can pray anywhere you want to, anytime you want to. But there's something special about having a place that you've set aside for where you meet with God. And I'll be honest with you. When I was a young preacher. I'd hear preachers preach that. And I'll be honest with you, I grew up all my life hearing people, not that they meant it negatively, but I grew up all my life, people would say, you can pray anywhere. And I'd sit there, John, I think, ain't nothing to that. There ain't nothing to setting a place aside. What's that matter? Till one day I tried it. And I, 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 honest, I don't know how to explain it to you, but I'll tell you this, if you ain't ever tried it, don't knock it. Because huh? there's something special about designating a place where you meet with God. And, well, that's exactly right. Oh, my, my, my. Jesus said when thou enters into thy closet, that means it was personal. That was that individual's place. 
I'm, I can go to John and Sharon's house and pray in their living room and their bedroom and their basement. And I can go outside and pray in their driveway and there's a God in heaven that'll hear me. But there's a little place out in the woods over at my house. Uh, John, that's my place. Uh, it's nobody else's. It's my place. That's where I go to meet with the Lord. It's not mine and my wife's place. It's my place. Uh, I mean, when I can't go anywhere else, I can go there. Uh, are you with me tonight? Uh, there's something special about having your place where you can get along with the Lord. And you, the Bible said, notice what he said. Verse 6, but when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. Thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So we see the place of prayer. Now notice with me, if you would, the perception of prayer. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? Look with me in verse 7. But when you pray, Use not vain repetitions. Now, I'm not going to give you any points right here, but I sure would like to just give you a little snid bit. That'd be all right. Notice what Jesus said. Use not vain repetitions. He didn't say don't use repetitions. He didn't say don't pray for the same thing. He didn't say don't use the same words. He said don't use vain repetitions. Isn't that right? He didn't say don't be repetitious. He just said don't use vain repetitions. Now, we're all guilty of this. If you've, if you've ever, well, I'm just going to, I'll pick on all of us. I'll pick on every single one of us. If we're not real careful, if we's in a church service, and they, and they said it's awful good to have Brother Chris Park, pastor of Blue Ridge Baptist Church. Brother, if you would, take us to the Lord in a word of prayer. Let's just be honest. Most of you, nine-tenths of the time, would say, you'd about have about 90% of my prayer already known what I was going to say Forever praying it. Let's just be honest. I know when I call on Ronald or John or Chris or Corey or Wayne or Kenny or Kirk or any of these, I already know how I, we've all got our own things that we do. And can I show you something? There ain't a thing wrong with that. There ain't nothing wrong with you praying the way you pray. What the Lord's talking about. You ever seen somebody, you ever been in a service? And they call on somebody, and I mean, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about being humble. I'm not talking about just getting in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about, but they take off, and for 45 minutes, they're quoting scripture and telling, I mean, are you with me? I, I mean, they're giving their testimony in the, in the prayer. That's vain repetitions. That's bringing glory to their, are you with me? Prayer's not about you. It's about the Lord. Did you know that? It's not bringing honor to you. It's bringing honor to him. It's not, it's vain repetition. That's what he's talking about. He didn't say you couldn't say the same thing. He didn't say you couldn't be repetitious. Uh, he said use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. Now watch this. Boy, I, I like this. Everybody talks about how the, how the, the Lord would, was full of peace and full of love and never criticized anybody. Watch what he said. As the heathen do, for they think that they should be heard for their much speaking. Did y'all catch that? You know what he said? Don't be like that crowd over yonder that think the more they talk, the more they'll be heard. Boy, I've seen some of them around here, ain't you? I, I know some of them think the more they talk, I, the more they're going to be heard. But that's not prayer is. That's not what it is. Did you know that? He's getting ready to tell us what prayer is. Watch this. Watch what he said. Verse number 8. 
But not ye that be not ye therefore like unto them. Now watch this. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. What about that? He said, you don't have to go in. You don't have to. The more It's not the more you talk, the more that you're going to be heard. He said, the father already knows what you need before you ever ask him. Yeah. What about that? Yeah. Well, ain't that good? Yeah. That may not be a helping you, but that helps me. It's good to know that even when I don't ask right, and even when I don't even know everything to ask, he already knows what I need. He already knows when I need it. He already knows why I need it. Oh, yes, friend. He already knows this evening, but he's still interested in asking. Now, listen to me. You say, preacher, if he already knows, why should I ask? Can I show you something about prayer? Now, watch this. Now watch this. My, my boys, I know, I know, I know, I've been around them long enough, I know when they get up in the morning, they're going to want something to eat. And then, I don't know why they do this, but both of them the same way. John, whatever you fix them to eat, most of the time we don't eat a big breakfast. Where I'll just give them a honey bun or something like that. And they'll not drink a thing with it. They'll not drink not one thing with that. They don't want nothing. And they'll sit and watch TV for about five, ten minutes and then just all of a sudden, it's like this light bulb goes off in their mind. And Aaron will go, Daddy, chock, chock, milk. Daddy, chock, chock, milk. Daddy, chock, chock, milk. And Andrew will say, yeah, Daddy, get me some too. Yeah, Daddy, get me some too. And I know, John, I know every single morning that they're going to do that. But you know what? I never have just went and got it and had it ready. Not because I'm lazy, but... I know that it ain't going to be long. They ain't going to need daddy to go get chocolate milk. I know it ain't going to be long. They're going to be able to go get And there's just something to make up about hearing them say, Daddy, chalk, chalk milk. I like that. I, hey, it tickles me to know that right now they still need me. Even though I know it, Wayne, I know they need me, but it does good every once in a while for me to realize they know they need me. I wonder if that's how God is. He knows we need Him, and He knows we can't do it by ourselves. Uh, but I wonder if He just likes us curling up and saying, Lord, I can't do it. Uh, Lord, this is what I need. Uh, Lord, this is what's going Oh, my soul, y'all ain't getting that. Uh, hey, can I say this? Oh, brother, oh, brother Milton Taylor used this story. He said that when his kids was little, he said they'd come to him and they'd say, Daddy, can we have $5 or $10 to go do whatever? And he said, mm. watch this. He said, I never did look at him and say, well, how do you feel about that? He said, no, I was their daddy. And they had a need. And I was done reaching for my wallet before they ever got done. And he always says, if you, being evil, know how to give gifts to your children, how much more so does God hold my soul? Are you listening to me? Do you realize tonight we're not going off feelings? It doesn't matter if you feel like you deserve it. It doesn't matter if you feel like you need it. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter. It's not all feeling. It's all fact. Uh, it's all faith. Uh, now listen, watch this. He'd, say, he'd always say this. He'd say, now if my girls didn't come ask me, I might not have given it to them. But because they trusted I'd do it, 
I never did turn them over. What about that? wonder how many times we've just felt like maybe we didn't deserve something and didn't ask for it, and God's just sitting there waiting to hand it out. If we had just asked, aren't you glad that he knows what we need? Aren't you glad he knows just exactly what we need? But yet he still allows us to come and ask him for it. He perceives what we need. He sees everything that we need tonight. Bible said, but not ye therefore like unto them for your father. Knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Well, what about that? Now watch this, verse 9. i got to hurry. i, I got to hurry quick. Notice with me quickly. The Bible said in verse 9, After this manner, therefore pray ye. Now he's finally going to tell them, You've, we've talked about the, we've talked about uh, how we are to pray. We've talked about how we are to get along. We've talked about our posture when we pray. We've talked about the place where we pray. We've even talked about the Lord knows what we need before we ask Him for it. But now He's getting ready to give them. He said, "But after this manner, pray ye. Therefore, pray ye." Uh, so He's getting ready to give them a pattern or give them an example of how to actually. Pray. Now watch this. There's a few things I want to show you. There's, there's, there's about four things tonight that your prayer and my prayer has got to consist of in order to be praying according to Scripture. Notice that first word, this first phrase there in verse 9 of the prayer. The Bible said, Our Father, which art in heaven. If you want to pray scripturally, there must be a relationship between you and the Father. There's got to be a relationship. That's the first aspect of your prayer. Did you know that? Notice what he said. Our Father, which art in heaven. Now listen. I can stand here and say today that, I, that my father, my earthly father, is Jeff Park. Do you know why? Because I was born into his family. He is my daddy. He is my father, if you would. If you want to be able to pray and pray scripturally, you must be born again. You must have been born into the family of God. I can't stand here and say my daddy's John Jones because that's not true. I wasn't born to John Jones. I can't say my daddy's Kenny Mosley or Ronald or Cor. I can't say that because that's not true. I had to be born into the family. Is that right? Somebody hit me right there. And if you want to pray scripturally, have be able to say, Our Father, which art in heaven, uh, there must be a relationship. Uh, you must be John 3, 3, born again. Uh, the Bible said you must be born again. Isn't that right? Uh, you must be born into the family of God in order to be able to pray and pray scripturally. There must be a relationship. Not only the relationship, there must be reverence. So preacher, what do you mean? Notice what your Bible said in verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven. So we've got our relationship. We're saved. Now notice this next part. Hallowed be thy name. There must be reverence. That word hallowed, do you know what it means? It's the simplest way to explain it would be this. What the Lord's saying is, in, in, our, in, our, uh, in our modern day English, I guess you could say, the simplest way I know how to explain it, Leona, would be this. Our Father, which art in heaven, holy be thy name. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Before, he's not asked for a thing. He, John, he's not asked for, he's not made one prayer request. 
He's not said not one thing about what he needs, what he wants, what he desires. But he said, our Father, which art in heaven. He said, I, he's coming. He said, I am a son. I'm a part of the family. There is a relationship. And then he said, hallowed be thy name. He said, God, you're apart from all. I'm about to come slap on glue. You're apart from all others. Uh, there is none like you. That's what he's saying. Uh, oh, y'all ain't getting that. Uh, uh, there's none other like you. Uh, uh, you're apart from all others. Uh, uh, you are the holy of holies. Uh, oh, y'all ain't helping me. Uh, uh, well, that's exactly right. Uh, uh, there is none other like you. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Let me say it like this. Praise must come before petition. Did you know that? You've got to praise him before you and ask. Uh, uh, you've got to worship uh, uh, before you and whine. I like that. That just comes off, off my head. You've got to, that's what our prayer is half the time, is us whining to God about what's going on. But they are to be worth That's exactly right. Hey, can I tell you something? Listen to me. Listen to me well. If you'll try this, you mark it down. You try it. You get alone somewhere. I don't care if you got to write it down to remember it all. You get alone somewhere and get to tell him how good he is. Uh, hey, you get to worship him. Uh, and before long, you'll forget why you come to whine anyway. Uh, uh, that's exactly right. Uh, uh, you'll get to look at how good he is, forget about how bad everything else is. Uh, and there must be a reverence uh, uh, before there can be a request. Uh, uh, there must be praise before there can be a petition. Uh, uh, we've come to reverence him. Uh, there must be a relationship. But the first part of our prayer has always ought to be uh, to glorify and magnify him. That's what prayer is tonight. Prayer is not just what you need. And it's not just what you want. It's not just what you desire. But it's a time that you can get alone with God. I, I, I like it. I like it when we get in service and people get to testifying and the spirit gets to moving. I like that. I, I thank God for it. I'm not against it. I endorse it. I, I promote it. Thank God. But I'm telling you, there's nothing like getting along with him all by yourself. I, how many of you, y'all ain't helping me. How many of you don't have to wait for somebody else getting done testifying? I, you ain't waiting for the choir to quit singing. I, but you just get along get to tell him how good he is, how good he's been to you. I, how good it been God he is. Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, and it won't take long you'll find yourself uh, uh, in another world. Uh, uh, you'll find yourself feeling something from another country. Uh, uh, this must come with praise uh, uh, before petition. Uh, uh, prayer is our opportunity uh, uh, to worship him uh, and adore him. So there must be a relationship. There must be reverence. Then after that Notice what your Bible said. Verse 9. After this, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven. That's the relationship. Hallowed be thy name. That's the reference. Now watch verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now he's finally, he's, he's, he, we see a relationship, we see the reverence. He said, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then John, he begins to make his request. He begins to give the disciples a pattern of how to pray. You start out with your relationship. Then you, then you go into the reverence. You go into praising him and all. Now we're making our petition as we move on. Now I want to show you three things about this petition or this request. Notice the first phrase, thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The first request the Lord made was concerning spiritual things. Isn't that right? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We talked about that when we was looking at hermeneutics. How the, the, the kingdom that he's referring to, uh, it's, it's not an earthly kingdom so much, though it is, but he's talking about how the, the, the kingdom of heaven, that, that, that one day that, the, that God's will will be conducted on earth just like it is in heaven. He's saying that that's what they're praying for, for the time that God's will and God's plan will be conducted on earth just like it is in heaven. He's praying about spiritual things. He's not talking about his own needs. He's not talking about his own wants. He's not talking about, uh, i just be honest, I feel like sometimes if we really uh, stood up and talked about some of the things we pray about, I feel like that we'd probably laugh ourselves out of the building sometimes. Let's just be honest. I mean, you know, I'm, I know you can pray about anything, but I mean, sometimes we, if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves treating the Lord like a, like a vending machine. We're putting a quarter in and expecting something to spit back out. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is a serious thing. It's, and the first thing he prayed for was spiritual things. And can I tell you something tonight? Whether you realize it or not, that ought to be our first priority. Prayer is a spiritual a spiritual tool to be, when you use it for physical needs and when you use it for emotional, when you use it for financial, and I'm not against any of that, but our number one priority ought to be spiritual things. We're a spiritual people. Did you know that? This, this, this temporal world and this temporal life is not our focus. We're looking beyond that. We're looking beyond what we can see. We're looking beyond what we can experience. We're looking beyond what we can even know. We're looking to a better land, uh, and our first priority ought to be spiritual things. Our first request ought to be, and I've been honest with that. I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of looking at troubles and trials and things that's going on in my life and uh, sickness and all this. And I, I think I'm glad that God, he is the great physician, and he is interested in people that are sick. But it, I learned a long time ago, Brother Corey, that uh, not everybody gets healed. It's not the will of God for everybody to be physically healed. Did you know that? But it is the will of God that all be saved. Did you know that? Now, you act like you don't believe me, but the Bible said the Lord's not slack concerning his promise. Some men count slackness, but his long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible talks about praying in the will of God. You want to have one request that you know is the will of God? You pray somebody gets saved, and it's the will of God for them to be saved. The first thing we ought to pray is about spiritual issues, spiritual problems. We ought to pray for the salvation of our families and the salvation of the ones in the church and the salvation of our friends and our, and our co-workers. And we ought to pray for the spiritual needs. That's the first thing that, uh, the first request that he made. But then watch your Bible. Then he said, give us this day our daily bread. Hey, this is concerning sustenance. He's going to, those things that he needs in order to sustain his life. His daily bread. You know what he's saying? He's praying for those things that he needs from day to day. Is that right? Yes. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, the first priority is those spiritual things. But then, John, we realize that if we're going to be able to do anything for the Lord, we need, but the Bible said that man should not live by bread alone. It didn't say man doesn't have to have bread. Isn't that right? That's not all man needs, but man does need bread. 
You don't eat, you're going to die. This flesh needs that in order to survive. So he did say, he started out spiritually, and then he said, give us this, give us this day our daily bread. Those things that he needed day to day in order to survive. And can I tell you something? The Lord is interested in your life day to day. He's interested in you having what you need. Do you realize that? It's, you're not bothering him. You're not getting on his nerves when you ask him for what you need day to day. He's interested in that. And we need it. That's exactly right. Now watch this. Bible said, give us this day our daily bread. Now watch the latter part. Notice, that, notice this last phrase. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now he's, he, he's had a request concerning spiritual needs. He's had a request concerning those things he needs in order to sustain himself. Now he's, at, he's got a request concerning sin. Watch what he said. Forgive us our debts, we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, look with me if you would, verse number 14. Jesus said, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, boy, ain't that a blessing. Verse 15, but if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let me tell you what I believe is the number one thing that hinders our prayer life. You don't have to agree it's the number one thing, but it does hinder our prayer life. You know what amazes me? I'm so quick, John. I'm so quick. I mean, the Holy Ghost come by and reveal something in my life that I know will not be there. And I know, I know 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and he's just forgiven you from your sins. Cleanse from all. I know that. I, I mean, it might, I, y'all may not be as dirty rotten as I am, but I have to claim that in a whole lot. And I know that. I, I'll run and I'll say, Lord, forgive me. I know I shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm a ball and I'm a, scry, cry, I'm a crying and a squalling and a ball. And you know what the Lord will do? He'll slip up beside him and he'll say, well, what about old so-and-so? You wasn't too quick to forgive them. What about that? Boy, it's getting awful quiet. You wasn't so quick to forgive so-and-so. But now that it's me, John, that's different. Are you listening to me? And it does hinder your prayer life. It does. How can the Lord forgive you when you won't forgive somebody else? You're going to harbor a grudge in your heart. You're going to hold resentment in your heart. You're going to hold it over their head and never let it go. That's exactly right. But oh, when it's you, the Lord ought to just let that go. My soul, friend, I'm telling you, it hinders our prayer life. And I've been around this thing long enough. I know I'm just here in just a couple of weeks. I'll be 27 years old. But I've been around this thing all my life. And I'm going to tell you, you can't find any more resentment than you do in a Baptist church. Just exactly right. These people, I don't know, I, as far as I know, nobody up here is mad at anybody I don't, that I know of. But these churches, and honest to goodness, you can ask my wife, we've been in and somebody on this side is so mad at somebody on that side. They won't even speak to each other, but they don't even remember what they're mad about. Neither one of them know what they're mad about, but you'll give invitation and they'll come and they'll, you'll hear them say, oh, Lord, forgive me. I didn't mean to do Oh, Lord, I just want to live for you and I just want to serve you. Lord, forgive me. Well, what about that woman? If you can't forgive her, why do you expect the Lord to forgive you? And the Bible said if we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear us. Isn't that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Getting awful quiet, but that's right. 
Oh, we've got a great privilege of prayer. But if we're not careful, we'll let things creep up in our lives. And it'll hinder our prayer life. And the last thing he dealt with, he, he prayed concerning sins. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Isn't that right? Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch what he said. Verse number uh, 13. Or verse number 12. Forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors. You know what's happened? He's done this model prayer. The Lord's showing that they've already got things right with everybody else. Is that right? They've made things clean. They've made things right. They forg- All those that owed them, they forgave their debt. In fact, they said, forgive us our debts. As we forgave our debtors. Oh, I hope I wasn't planning on bogging down right here, but I think I'm gonna have to. Listen to me. You won't see revival. You won't see a move of God. You get things right with each other and get things right with other people. Uh, and then you go to God and you say, God, I've got it right with everybody else. Now I want to make it right with you. Uh, I forgave them for what they did. Now would you forgive me for what? Oh, y'all went ahead of me. Now would you forgive me for what I've done wrong? Would you forgive me for it taking this long? Would you forgive me for what I've had in my heart? Uh, I've made it right with them. Now it's time to make it right with you. Uh, and then he said, I'm going to read it before I mess it up. Forgive us our debts, we forgive our debtors. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know what they've said? Now watch this. Jesus said, when you pray, make things right with everybody else. Then make things right with the Lord. Then tell the Lord to lead you not into temptation. You know what he's saying? Keep me away from anything that's going to tempt me. And if I do get caught up and get enticed by something, deliver me from evil. Isn't that right? What he's saying, Ronald, is, Lord, I, I, you, I'm going to follow you. Lead me from temptation. Isn't that right? Lead me from temptation. He said, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow your way. And I, I'm going to do my best not to get tangled up in anything else. But if I were to get caught up in it, deliver me from evil. Isn't that right? It was concerned sin. So we found the relationship. We, we saw the reverence. He began to praise him. Then we see the request where he made his petition. Now watch this. Boy, I like this. I, I like this. Watch, watch with me if you would. Verse number 13. Let part of verse 13. Bible said, now, now stay with me just a minute. I'm done. I promise. He, he made it. He, he, we saw the relationship. Then we saw his reverence. Now he's made his request. Now, you'd think that he'd be done. You'd think that everything would be finished. He's getting ready to say amen and go on about his business. But watch what he said. Verse number 13. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You say, preacher, what happened? Well, we saw relationship. Then we saw the reference. Where he began to praise him. Then we saw his request. You know what he ended with? Rejoicing. Y'all all quiet. Am I going to have to expound? I was going to quit right there, but I think I'm going to have to expound a little bit. Ended with rejoicing. Watch what he said. Watch this. For thine, who's he talking to? He's talking to the Lord, is the kingdom. You know what he said? He's made his request. He's told him how good he was. He's showed reverence. He's made his request. And then he's getting ready to close before he does. He says, for thine is the kingdom. 
And I just see it. I, I just see it, John. I just see, I know it's the Lord's, the Lord's prayer, the Lord's pattern for the disciples, but I just see an old boy somewhere praying this prayer. And all of a sudden it just hit him. That's right, it is his kingdom. It is. You know what, John? It's not my job to make this thing run no way. It's not my job work. It's not my job to put who needs to be in the White House. It's not my job to make sure everything goes right. It's not my job. To, tomorrow hit me right. It's not my job to keep the church running. Now, Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's not my job. That's his job. It's his kingdom. It's his. It's his. It's about him. It's not about me, but it's about him. He said, for this thy kingdom. Watch this. For thine is the kingdom and the power. By the time he figured out it was the Lord's job anyway, then Brother Cor he said, you know what? I believe he's able to keep things going. I believe he's powerful enough. I believe he's big enough. I believe everything just be all right, don't you? Uh, I believe he's still God. Uh, I believe he's still on the throne. Uh, I don't think he's sick. I don't think he's weak. Uh, I don't, hey man, I don't think he's taking a Tylenol. Uh, I believe he's still as much God as he ever was. Uh, and it's his kingdom and it's his power. Watch this. I hope y'all getting this. And the glory. My soul, he, I mean, I, I, I'm just seeing. I mean, I, I'm just seeing. I'm just, uh, in case y'all didn't know this, the Bible talks about praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm picking when I say this, but I heard a man say this one time. He said, you can't pray in the Holy Ghost unless you get to hacking like a North Carolina mountain preacher just can't do it. But listen to me. I mean, I'm just seeing this boy getting tore up. And he said, it's thy kingdom. I had a sight. Oh, y'all weren't helping me. I just see him. He's done made his request. I, I mean, he's low. He's broken down. How the Lord just took him and showed him. I, how that all those things he'd been holding against everybody else. I, and he's made that right. And he's got right with the Lord. And he feels as low as he can. That's how the Lord works, by the way. He'll never build you up till he breaks you down. Did you know that? He'll never use you till he breaks you up. That's exactly right. He'll, he'll never use you till he breaks you. And he'll never exalt you till he abases you. It just doesn't work like that. You have to be low before you can go high. That's exactly right. And watch this. I'm just saying, old boy's low as he can go. How many realizes how bad he's been? He realizes everything he's done. And he said, but it's your king. And it's your power. And about that time, he said, it'll be your glory. Oh, my soul. You ever been praying the glory just show up all of a sudden? If you ain't, you don't know what you're missing. And it just reminds you it's not you anyway. It's not you that's going to get credit for it, but it's him. It wasn't you that did it, but it was him. It's his kingdom. It's his power. It's his ability. And it'll be his glory. And then he went on and said, for ever. And I'm just saying, oh boy, sitting there saying, Lord, you was before I was. And you will be after I Y'all ain't helping me. You was before I was and you will be after I am. It's always been you. It's still you. It'll always be you. Uh, before the foundation of time, it was him. Uh, uh, right now, it's still him. And when the time ceases to be anymore, it'll still be him. It'll still be his power. It'll still be his glory forever. And then you know what he did? He closed with this. Amen. You know what that means? That means true. What it mean? It means true. What about that? 
You say, preacher, how should we pray? Well, there's got to be a relationship. A lot of things we can talk about tonight. We've talked about the posture. We've talked about all that. And I hope that helped you. But you want to know how to actually pray. How to actually get a hold of glory. How to actually be a prayer warrior. How to actually get a hold of God. You want to know how to do it? There's got to be a relationship. And you start out reverencing. Take your time with it too. Get yourself in a place where you can get an audience with God. You say, preacher, how do I do that? The Bible said he inhabits the praise of Israel. Isn't that right? You get to praising him, he'll show up. You get to praising him, he'll show up. Get yourself an audience with God. Get to thanking him. Get to worshiping him. Get to telling him how good he is. Then you make your petition. When you get your, you get your petitions in order, put your priorities right. Spiritual, those things you need to survive. And then you get talking about your sins. The Bible says if we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar and the truth is not in us. Isn't that right? Every one of us has got sins. You won't, you won't get your prayer life right. You stay right with God. If you'll do all that, you know what you'll find? You'll find that when you get to praising him, your petitions will just keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You get to seeing how big he is, all them problems will get smaller and smaller and smaller. And by the time you get done, you'll have to come back around and rejoice that he's always done it before. He'll do it today, and he'll do it tomorrow. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. He did it yesterday. He'll do it today, and he'll do it tomorrow. God help us tonight to learn how to pray. Let's stand to our feet and get the musicians Come get a song of invitation.